All right, everyone. Welcome back to episode six of the Bench Talk podcast. I'm your co-host, Joseph Parker, joined by co-host Dylan Moss. Dylan, it's a beautiful Monday night in November. The temperatures are warm. How are we doing? I'm doing good. And you, Joe, you are right. The temperatures are lovely. I've been biking to, to work lately. So, I mean, that's that's all you need to hear. Yeah, I... That, I, man, I haven't been for a bike ride in a while. That sounds lo- absolutely lovely. I've been wearing short slides to class this past week, a classic Joey Parker look. It's It's been nice. It's been nice. Yeah, is that, honestly, like, hey, if this is global warming, I'm kind of down. That's a hot take. It's that, uh, pretty contentious. I think the people in Florida, when they lose, like, the entire club might disagree with me. But as of right now... Well, that's their fault for voting for people who, you know, don't care that they're going to. But we won't get into that. Let's not get political. We're not that smart. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Dill, just elephant in the room, the the poll that was put out on the Twitter. Oh, yes. I'm glad you brought it up, Joey. I'm just kidding. I brought it up. But by a whopping, let me get, make sure I get my, by a whopping 4%. The people that follow the bench talk have decided that Gucci Bendinucci is, in fact, a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisgod. And, Joey, I, I can't help but rub that in your face. That the fact is that the Cowboys' third string quarterback, by the people that are the bench talk podcast followers, which is, a, is an incredibly educated group, as we know, they have decided. With 23 votes, that was the whole poll, which is pretty good interaction. I'm not going to Yeah, lie. that's more than, more than the views on the last episode, so. Honestly, I thought we were going to get, like, four people, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. But, yeah, Gucci Danucci, he's a man. Uh, he did get benched, which is heartbreaking, and I'm a little upset. I don't know who Gilbert Grant is, and I was, I was driving, so I didn't get to watch the game. He did throw a touchdown pass, so I feel like that – Sort of automatic. Hey, your Cowboys hanging around with the only undefeated team in the league. It might be Gilbert Grant time in Dallas, baby. Yeah, I don't know. I, I personally would like to see Gucci Danucci get at least one more shot just because I like the sidearm action. He's just He just whips in balls. He doesn't care. Yeah. He plays like a bench player. Yeah, he, 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 he plays like a man with nothing to lose. But uh, for those of you trolls out there who – if you would truly think Ben DiNucci is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky, then you need to go watch some football. And no, no, no. It's 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 just a troll. It's it's a bunch of trolls. Everyone, I mean, you can't can't say it with a straight face, but whatever. Uh, I would like you to answer the question: How well has Mitch Trubisky done in the FCS playoffs? <laughs> he did uh, in the FCS. Because uh, guess how Ben DiNucci did, Joey? Did he win a championship with James Madison? Nobody did. He at least uh, participated and made his team qualify. Mr. Biscott can never say that. He has never gotten his college team into the FCS uh, playoffs. Whatever. We're just – I'm not even going to talk about all the trolls out there voting for DiNucci. It's, you can't argue it. But – this segues me into my point, just so I'm not doing it over for my bench moments. Chicago Bears, another disappointing loss this weekend to the Tennessee Titans. 
Offensive play calling, absolutely anemic. Quarterback play, terrible. O-line, terrible. I mean, if you – I'm saying I'm calling that once – so Trubisky, Mr. Trubisky hurt himself going in, uh, hurt, himself, hurt his shoulder against the Saints last week. Uh, you hear about that. was out this week. And uh, I'm saying it now. When Mr. Trubisky gets healthy, to all you Bears fans out there, who think that Nick Foles is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky and a better quarterback with this O-line, you're delusional. And I'm going to quote tweet a man who really understands me. His name is Barstool Carl. Okay? And Barstool Carl and I are on the same page. And I'm going to keep it clean for my audience out here, but this is the quote. And this quote encapsulates everything that I feel about the Chicago Bears as well. You mother bleepers ran Mitch out of town. This is what you deserve. You knew the O-line sucked, but let's blame Mitch. Bleep you. And Dylan, truer words have never been spoken. Yeah, Nick Foles, Nick Foles is just he don't he doesn't have it anymore. How old is Nick Foles? He's getting up there and like there is no future behind Nick Foles. He's a band-aid for a team. Look, there's no future with Trubisky either, but Trubisky has been better this year. The numbers back it up, and here's the other thing. Our O-line is so unbelievably bad that a running quarterback at least has a chance to get away sometimes. If the O-line breaks down, Nick Foles, I honestly think you and I can hang with Nick Foles in a 40 deal. I really do. I bet we could. I'm not, I don't it's think It's a gonna... guaranteed sack. When the, and having Trubisky, when the O-line breaks down, there's a chance he's going to scramble out and have a long rush. Further, when Trubisky's back there, the defense can't just all run after Montgomery when the ball gets handed off because the Bears run spread plays with Trubisky, and he has the potential to hurt other teams with design run plays as well, which takes some of the pressure off the O-line because the whole D-line can't collapse one play. And I don't know football that well, but I do – I'm guessing it is a little bit more difficult at times to defend an option play. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like the option is is a, is a uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's good until it's figured out. Like, does yeah. that? Make- oh, I, I agree, and I'm not saying the Bears should run the option every time, but having Mitch Trubisky, a mobile quarterback back there, gives you a few options. Plus, the arm talent between Foles and Trubisky, there's been no noticeable difference this year. I'm sorry, you Bears fans who can tweet at me. Come up to me at Queefs, whatever. I don't care. If you truly think Nick Foles is better, then you're just biased because Trubisky didn't have a great year. And I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky's even a good quarterback, but he's sure as shit better than Nick Foles for this crappy Chicago Bears offensive line with this crappy Chicago Bears play calling from Matt Crappy Nagy. And, okay, that's off my chest. You feel better? I do feel better. And I didn't want to take up bench moment because I got some good bench moments. Okay. Well, I have I have no uh, no real bench moments to this game, but I did watch it, and I just wanted to know if you watched it. Well, did you watch the Clemson-Notre Dame game? Uh, not really. Ah, uh, Joey, dude, it's such a good game, but I think the thing is, it's just, I don't know, either Trevor Lawrence is – Amazing. I, I really wish Trevor Lawrence would have played because uh, oh, I'm going to butcher his name. The backup, five-star five star recruit, freshman, true freshman. His name is uh, DJ 
Ugo Ugo Ugole That's I think that might be right. I'm not. Yeah, uh, but he number one. I mean, he's a five star freshman quarterback. I Trevor Lawrence did show up as a five star freshman quarterback and did just take over college football basically. But I mean, DJ did not. I'm just gonna call him DJ for the rest of the time. But DJ did not look that bad. I think he threw for 400 yards against the number four team in college football. So either, like, they Clemson has just turned into a quarterback factory, which is pretty likely, I guess, but they are a quarterback factory right now. But is, is Trevor Lawrence really that good, or is Clemson just a great team? I just I think, don't um, Well, I'm, you could probably argue that if Lawrence starts that game, Clemson wins. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is – they are saying tanking for Trevor. I, I've seen about three Trevor Lawrence games in my life, but it does – the hype does sound like he's a top-five NFL quarterback pick. No, I, I do think I do think Trevor Lawrence is is a bona fide star in the making, but I think at the same point, DJ is – he's the next guy. Like, yeah, we'll, Hey, we'll, we'll know more next year. I, I'm Joey, I don't need to know more. I watched one game, and I know he's the next guy. He made – he made not really. He really didn't make mistakes. The mistakes came from Travis Ntn. In reality, and and then Amari Rogers, DJ put the ball in the hands of his guys, and they just they just didn't perform. And he's a freshman. You can't. It's his second start ever, and it's against the number four team. And he literally took him to overtime. So either he's the next guy, or. Or Clemson is just dominant. I think I think once Trevor Lawrence comes back, this isn't even like we don't need to play the rest of college football. We know who's gonna win. It is uh, it's Clemson. Oh Ohio State will give them a run for their money, but I don't Joey, I just don't I don't see it happening. I we'll think see. Clemson we'll is see. number one. We will see. All right, but, let's the segment. Let's get in the segment. Oh before. All right, what do you, what do you got? What did you want to add? Oh, I was going to say, uh, speaking of, I was going to say, we were talking about a sport that neither of us really know in football. And I was, was going to say, hey, how, how about Leicester City, bud? Oh, hey, yeah, my, my Leicester City Foxes uh, currently sitting top of the Premier League by a point. Uh, good times in the life of JP. Really made up for that Bears disappointment. And got to give a shout out to your, uh, your Villa side, uh, with a big win over Arsenal, back on to 15 points, right up there with us. It's going to be it's going to be an exciting year of Premier League soccer. For those of you out there, maybe you know at Caden Kyle, maybe looking for a soccer a year to get into the Premier League, uh, a year to become a fan of a Premier League soccer team. This is the year. There's not going to be a team that runs away with the title this year. It's going to be a dogfight through the whole season. Goals are getting scored at a higher rate than ever. For those of you who don't have a soccer team out there. This might be the year. get into the Premier League. It's been some very entertaining football this year. Yeah, this this is definitely, I think, the year. And, I mean, I, I'm looking at, like, holy crap, like, Tottenham is, is number two. Tottenham never wins trophies. Leicester's up there. Southampton, Aston Villa, Everton, Crystal Palace. Like, these are typically teams that finish well down the table. And – uh and they are really they're they're getting their moment in the sun. Yeah. So yeah. You don't have a Premier League team, Kate and Kyle. This is the year. Get into the Premier League. All right, Joe, let's get into the segment. I think I'm first this week. Top five bench moments of the week brought to you by Joey and Dylan, because we don't have a sponsor for this podcast because I'm an NCAA athlete. So 
without further ado, my first <clears throat> bench run of the week will be about the Premier League. Mm. For all you fans out there, my uh, my friend Brent Mueller, a big West Ham United fan, and uh, this week in the Premier League, they are beating Fulham FC one to nothing in the 98th minute. And uh, for those of you non-soccer fans out there, soccer only goes to 90 minutes and then oh, I know you stoppage know. time. And basically, there's an extra few minutes added on to the game. So in the 98th minute, there's a bunch of stoppage, a bunch of stoppage time. Fulham wins a penalty kick. Now, I know most of you non-soccer fans probably know what a penalty kick is. And Fulham is down one nothing, and they need this penalty kick to, uh, to uh, tie the game. And normally in soccer with a penalty kick, you kick it pretty hard, hard and low, try and, or maybe hard and high, try and beat the goalie with pace. However, this Fulham, the Fulham forward who took this shot, for those of you soccer fans out there, he tries a panenka. For you non-soccer fans up there, that's a little dinky lob right down the middle of the goal. And if you miss, you look like a fool. And this Fulham guy, he hit a panenka. To the side. You always hit your Panankas down the middle. He hits his dinky little penalty kick to the side. No chance. Right into the arms of Lucas Fabianski and West Ham holds on to their one nothing win. Dude, it was bad. That was, that was if, if this was a soccer podcast, this would be number one bench run of the week. But since we have some non-soccer fans out there, they might be confused. Just look up Fulham West Ham PK 2020. You'll get the gist. Dude, it was, that was bad. That was, was so bad. Yeah, that was terrible. It was... It was it was it was not good. All right, Bill. Uh, my number one is uh, Leicester City fan, actually, uh, Gary Lineker. Oh, God. So, you follow Gary? No, but I know he's crazy. Oh, I do. I, I love Gary on Twitter. He's actually pretty funny. But so with the election going on, all of a sudden he tweets out, where's Wisconsin? And then uh, follows it up with, where is Michigan? Which I feel like is such a bench player moment where like you're not really into like you're you're invested, but at the same point you show up to practice. You're like, hey, where are we? Where are we going tomorrow? Or who are we, who are we playing today? Like that's I feel like yeah, that's a, that, that's a bench moment. That's a bench moment. Like just not knowing where places are or who you're who you're going against, and I, it made me chuckle uh, specifically because I never thought Gary Lineker would ever be tweeting about my home state. Hey, got a rep, got a rep. But, yeah, Gary Lineker, funny dude. Um, Let's see, what do I want to go with? My number four bench moment of the week is actually from a couple weeks back, but I didn't think of it until this week. I just have written down my thinning hair. <laughs> a couple weeks back, we had our scrimmage, uh, full 11 on 11, 11 scrimmage for Central Men's Soccer, and we filmed it, and the, the camera was about 30 feet up. And uh, Dill... I just noticed. He balding. Age of twenty, my hair is getting thin. My hairline's not receding, but my oh my, is it thin at the top? It was a real sobering moment to see my head on that scrimmage for sixty minutes, and just seeing my scalp, a lot of my scalp, a lot of more of my scalp than I've ever seen in my life. A real sobering, saddening moment in the life of Joseph Parker. My thinning hair. Damn, that's sad, Joey. I, I, I guess I can't really relate to you, as you know, I have a th- I quite a thick crop of uh, hair on my on my noggin, which uh, so that's that's rough. I feel bad for you. Yeah, it's it tough. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Um, I'll go to my number two. So um, it's called uh, Outkick. It's a podcast. Uh, I've never actually listened to it. They just they just tweet out some sports stuff, which I like to uh, hear. And I'm going to give it to them specifically because they did the most anti-bench thing ever that I think they should be put on the bench in podcast terms that they should be off the team. Uh, they tweeted out that uh, Dienrich, uh that's not how you say it, uh, King, the Miami quarterback, the University of Miami quarterback, they were tweeting about how great he is and stuff. Uh, and I just want to say I do not support – this King guy, because he pretty much, if you don't know about him, he was at Houston, which is not like a powerhouse program by any means. And he basically opted out of last year, had an injury, and just basically said that he wasn't going to come back. Oh, was that the guy that played like a, two games and then they were bad, so he just registered? Yeah, so he redshirted and then went to Miami to play quarterback. And that giving up on your teammates is not okay. That is anti. That is not what this podcast is about. We are about players to sit on the bench and support. So I cannot support a podcast that supports this King guy. Dang, that was more passionate than I've heard from you on this podcast. I'm passionate about this. Tough look for my boy King, for sure. Don't give up on your teammates, Joey. That's just uncalled for. I don't give up on you at podcast days. Yeah, I don't. I, I'd never give up on you on a bad podcast day. Although we've we've had we've been cranking out some quality podcasts last couple. Yeah, honestly, I just wish we had a little bit more interaction from the fans. But you know, yeah, we'll, we'll keep pushing. We'll keep pushing. Well, tenth uh, episode, I think I'm thinking tenth episode. Hopefully, a Dutch duo collab. Really, just those numbers bringing some people in there. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> my number three bench room of the week, and I'm sorry to keep bringing this up, fans, but Illinois football. When an 0-3 start in the Big Ten, started our fourth-string quarterback against Minnesota last week because our first two have COVID and our third one got hurt. Illinois football, 0-3, lost to the previously un, um, the previously uh, not undefeated. What's the opposite of undefeated? The previously not having won, the previously 0-2 Minnesota Golden Gophers, Illinois football lose 41-14 in the battle of winless teams. Winless, that's what I was looking for. Illinois football 0-3, and our next opponent next weekend is the Rutgers-Scarlet Knights. Well, it's a tough matchup. Rutgers is favored in the betting markets by a touchdown. It is the first time Rutgers has been favored in the Big Ten, I saw, since 2014, and the first time Rutgers has been favored in a football game since their first game in 2019 against the University of Massachusetts. Sad days. Dude, the Big Ten is wild, though, right now. Unless you're Illinois. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Indiana's frick, dude. The Big They're Ten good. Tournament. They're legitly good. I know, but I'm just saying, like, Michigan State, not that great. Like, yeah. Penn State, what, Penn State 0-3? Penn State, bad. Indiana, good. Uh, Wisconsin, good, if they can get enough games in. Northwestern, good. So, I, I, Iowa, middle of the road. Yeah. Bunch of teams in the middle that can beat each other. Ohio State at the top and Illinois at the bottom. It's a tough time to be an Illinois fan. Yeah, that's rough. Um, my, uh, my third one, were you finished? Yes. 
All right, my third one is America on a whole. So if you play, if you have ESPN Fantasy, there's a section on there called Streaks. And on it, you can basically pick teams that you think are going to win. I have been doing pretty well recently thanks to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, my the, the team I'm supporting now basically since just Wisconsin is probably not going to be able to play That's anymore. Disgusting. Let's continue. Yeah, Joey, we've been over this. My high school was Notre Dame light. <laughs> we had the same fight song. We had the same logo. We had the same name. We were Notre Dame in high school. <laughs> but uh, I think, well, I, so I picked Notre Dame on everything. Like 17% of America that bet, like that plays that app thought, only 17% thought that Lee Corso was going to pick Notre Dame to win, knowing that Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence. So I won that one. And then I think like 10% of America picked Notre Dame to actually win the game. And all those people can bite a big one because I was right and they were wrong. So get on the bench. It's Dylan's time to be in the starting role. Dylan, you're a stone cold fox. You know. Well, Dill, I know we said we weren't getting political, but uh, you know me. Got to do it once. My bench moment number two is uh and i'm not picking the side on this podcast of my political views although i'm sure every single one of you who follow me on twitter can probably figure it out on your own but i'm not going to say it on this podcast just a neutral man here the political free zone dude <clears throat> exactly but i find these claims from the republicans accusing the democrats of massive voter fraud laughable due to the fact that republicans think democrats are actually smart enough to successfully pull off voter fraud if you caucus democrat last year in iowa you know that they could not get the votes counted for like four days because they tried this new app that broke down the night of the caucuses two why would democrats rig an election and then not take back the senate that's a good point that is a good point so that's that's just my bench walked up. You know, if if the Democrats just ran up the total, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think voter fraud happened, but like I'd see the claim, but it's like we're not we probably won't even take back the Senate. And you're talking about a party who's just generally run by stupid people most of the time. You really think we're part smart enough to successfully pull off a massive amount of voter fraud? You're out your mind. You're overestimating their intelligence, because Dems aren't that smart. <laughs> See, Joey, we're the opposite. I, I might be – maybe it's because I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist guy, but I think it's all – I think everything's rigged. I think, the, I think the birds are working for the bourgeoisie. Birds aren't real. They've been spying on us. That's Pigeons. Pit, you're talking about the pigeons, right? Never seen a baby pigeon. Birds in general, all birds are fake. They're not real animals. They're, they're drones. Tweet me if you disagree. Um, the, FBI, the FBI agent listening to this podcast isn't going to like this. Oh, dude, he's like, shit, they're on to us. <laughs> birds work for the bourgeoisie just well, let me know yeah, um, sorry, sorry for the politics people it won't happen again alright Joey my number four is coronavirus I'm giving it to coronavirus not because Basic. Uh, yeah no no this is specific to sports though and I'm taking I'm giving it that because people are getting on like people for celebrating like these like monumental moments in their life like and specifically in sports, and I'm thinking about the Justin Tucker incident. People on Twitter were bashing Justin Tucker because he was celebrating winning the World Series with a team that he had been participating with for 
who knows how many gosh dang days and he didn't have a mask on, which he should, you should wear your mask if you're in public spots. But at the same point, Justin Tucker just won a World Series. He wasn't thinking. Give the man a break. Let the man have his moment. They're all, they're all athletes. They're probably very unlikely to get sick, and they get tested all the time. So just get off Justin Tucker's back. The man is – I live in the high life. And with that, I'm also going to bash the University of Notre Dame president because he got mad at his students for rushing the field because that wasn't COVID-friendly. That's a very – that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You only get four years in college. I understand that there's certain ways that we need to – certain sacrifices we have to make, but just get off get off 20-year-olds for making you mistakes. Know, here's the thing. So, personally, I don't support really rushing that field. But I agree, it's extremely hypocritical of the Notre Dame president to say that when I'm pretty sure he was at that confirmation hearing for the Supreme Court justice or the – confirmation party where a bunch of COVID got spread around because him and a bunch of other people weren't wearing masks. And then he turns around and bashes his students. Proof that boomers are a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, like let's, I don't know, like let's let's be realistic. I understand that we need to like take precautions, wear your mask when you're public and you're going to be around strangers and stuff like that. But don't, don't try and wreck people's, like don't wreck people's like highlight of their life besides like marriage and kids. Like is anything going to get better for Justin Tucker than having getting married and having kids besides this? Probably not. Let him have his moment. For all those college, those stars on the football, Notre Dame football team, like is anything going to get better for them than, you know, marriage and kids? Probably not. My, my, I, I agree with you. Oh, I don't know if I agree on the Justin Tucker thing. It is, you know, he was excited. And I guess to the point that he'd been with the team the whole time. So who really knows with that one? That is what it is. With the Notre Dame one, my only concern is what if, some of those fans gave the players COVID and potentially ruined the rest of their season. That, that'd be my, that's a big concern. And then just the general safety of people, probably not the smartest idea. I didn't think it was a great idea. However, for the Notre Dame president to say that when I'm pretty sure he was the one at that Trump party that a bunch of COVID got spread around because people weren't wearing their masks. Yeah, it was hypocritical, nay? Get out of here. All right, so that's, that's enough of our long. Uh, politics. Yeah, so, sorry, viewers. It won't happen again. We promise. We'll keep it sports, sports focused. Yeah, it won't happen again for a couple of us. <laughs> uh, and my number one bench moment of the week was the Philip Rivers incident. Dilly, know what I'm talking about? <laughs> when he goes to, I don't like. What are you gonna call that? Like a tackle? It wasn't a tackle attempt. Uh, yeah. So, for those of you who did not watch the uh, Indianapolis Colts versus the Baltimore Ravens game this weekend, Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor fumbled the ball after about an eight-yard gain. Philip, Indianapolis Colts quarterback, Philip Rivers, was behind the play. Baltimore Ravens, one of the Baltimore Ravens defenders, picked the ball up and started running back to try and score a fumble recover for a touchdown. Philip Rivers starts running backwards as well, and he's about 10 yards away from the Ravens linebacker or the Ravens defender and falls over flat on his back. And then the Ravens defender runs over Philip Rivers, like runs over the Philip Rivers laying on the ground. Philip Rivers puts one hand up and it just bounces off the Ravens defender who's running the ball. If you haven't seen this clip, go look it up. It is quite funny. And it's my number one bench moments of the week. And you know Philip Rivers, after that happened, he went to the sideline and he said, doggone it. 
Dude, he's such a trash talker too. It's like you you know he was talking the most shit on that field, and then he did something like that. Like that yeah. that is bench. Dude, you and I know as bench players, after a moment like that, you know, after your team gets scored on, you really can't say much. You have to shut up. You have to bite your lip and just eat it, which is yep. the worst. Yes, it is the worst. But yeah, that's my number one mention of the week. Viewers or listeners, if you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's quite funny. Um, ah, dude, I have some, some good honorable mentions. I think I'm gonna give some honorable mentions this week. Um, so I'm gonna give it to uh, referees in general, both in the English Premier League and in uh, college football. Some very shocking decisions. Patrick Bamford being offside, Joe. Did you see that? Yeah, that was tough. Dude, that is ridiculous. I don't want to see like that's not what people come to watch. Um, the officials for the Notre Dame game called a touchdown. I'm a like so they called a touchdown. The guy was clearly like a yard short, and they just didn't review it. I don't know why, but that was pretty funny. But my number one bench moment of the week is the NC State kicker. Did you see that video? I did not. Oh, so he kicks like a game-winning field goal, and he's running around, and he just looks at like. I guess you can't see, but he's like pumping his arms up and all of a sudden just full crotch, like throws his hands down at his crotch. Oh like, no. Oh no. Just just full on thrust. Like, dude, this is like the one time that you're the focus of attention. That's the decision you made. That's that is a ultimate <clears throat> ultimate bench moment. And I'm not saying that whether I'm gonna sit here and say it's right or wrong. Not appropriate for the kids for sure. No. But I can relate in the sense, Dale, you and I, as long-sitting bench warmers for Central Dutch Men's Soccer, if we ever did something like that, we wouldn't know what to do either. We might mess up our celebration. Oh, yeah. Uh, can't bl- can blame him. At the same time, he might have just been so caught up in the moment that he'd never been in before. And, like, Dale, if I score a game-winning goal next year – God knows what the hell is going to happen, man. I, hey, I've, I, I guess I, I've never done it in like a, in like a, I guess a high pressure situation since probably I was in high school. Okay, actually, so I, I did score a game winning goal as a, as a sophomore in high school, and I'm like I started most games. I wasn't really like a goal scorer though. I was just more of like a distribute the ball, like be a good defender type kid, and I I scored this goal. That wins the game, and you. This is like old FIFA, like probably like I think the last game it was in was like 14. But I scored this goal, and I'm like so jacked up because I've scored this goal, and I did the bird walk from FIFA. If you remember that, <laughs> I I will. I like, the viewers can't see me. You're talking the one where you walk like. No, it's the one where like you like you take like big steps and you just like flap your arms like a bird. <laughs> Dude, I see. I'll tell me there's videos of this. This is gonna. No, there's, there's no way there's videos, but honestly, if I can find like a, if I can find like a clip from like YouTube of like the bird walk, I'll send it to you. I'll tweet it out so the viewers know what I was doing. But it was like. Oh man, I, I wish why. I could have seen that. I don't know why I like remember that goal. Like, yeah, it won us the game, but it wasn't really against like a team that should have been a challenge. Like, it was just like, like we were gonna we won, but it was like the game winning goal and like we had been handling him pretty easily just hadn't been scoring and I just don't remember why but I was so excited that I'd scored this goal and yeah just emotions took over and it was just full-on bird walk Joe what's your what's your like most memorable celebration 
Oh, God. Um, I never scored any big winners. I guess two that come to mind in my senior year of basketball, the first ever game I started, I hit a clutch and one with like a minute left to like put us up like five or six. And there was like a, and this was an away game, but in the, like the stadium was full, or the, the gym was full because the, the team we were playing had a good crowd and we, our crowd had traveled well that game. And I, I hit an and one, I turn around, just a massive Tiger Woods-esque fist pump. And my coach is right there. My coach is normally a reserved guy, doesn't really get too animated during games, and he gives me the biggest high five. So that was probably the most memorable in terms of positivity and involving me. Most this one, and then the probably the other funny one is my senior year of high school state semifinals. My sweet mate Brant Mueller hits a overtime golden goal winner to send us to the state championship. And I'm not kidding. So th- this whole week, it had been like 100 degrees, so we'd all been chugging water. And you know me, Dill. I got bladder problems, massive bladder problems. I got to pay all the time. I'm not kidding. Everyone runs to the sideline to go celebrate with Brant. And this video is on YouTube because Brant's mom filmed the games. I don't run with the team to the sideline. I run over. I'm not kidding. I celebrated for about 20 seconds, jogging off the field, sprinted straight to, like, the bathroom. <laughs> I had to pee so bad in overtime that Brent scores this goal and I hustle to the bathroom. That's, That's awesome. those are the two memorable ones. Ultimate bench moment. Dude, I feel like I feel like back when I, I guess I don't know. I don't I don't pay enough attention to like the youth trends or whatever, but like there were some pretty like signature celebrations that always happened, like the Ezekiel Elliott, James Harden, like eat the bowl of cereal. Yeah. Uh, that was a that was a big one that just everybody did when I was in high school. The Johnny Manziel, uh, oh yeah, fingers like that happened. Like even soccer, you'd see people doing. It. There was a lot of like, I feel like I lived in. I I was prime the, sports moment. Like the golden was, era of sports celebrations. I, yeah, I, it was like a, it was a golden era. Now I don't. I don't, I, I don't know. Does it match Tiger Woods fist pump? You know, it's those are two two golden eras, I guess. Yeah, those were some quality stuff. All right, Joe. Um. So my my question for the week not was not the celebration that just kind of you know spur of the moment but so I was watching um, the the Minis or not the Minnesota the Tampa Bay New Orleans game and Taysom Hill was they were doing like some highlights of Taysom Hill and I think Taysom Hill is like just such a gritty player like he's 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 good like he's a, just a I don't know. I wish they'd give him a run at quarterback just so we could kind of see what he he's capable of, but they use him a lot. And my question is, what's like a player, like every high school has one. He's a player that like sits the bench. And then like when you get in, everyone's super excited. I feel like Taysom Hill right now. Is it Taysom? Yeah, something like that. Taysom Hill right now is like the epitome of that in pro sports. But do you have a player that you just like, want to get in like for any of your teams or in general that you just like enjoy watching when he's in you're super excited even if even if he's not the best player you just love it when he's playing okay so obviously ruling out Trubisky oh yeah we can't we can't say ruling out Trubisky for me oh man this is tough um the viewers aren't going to know Leicester City that well um, but Joey, we're trying to get people interested in soccer, so <clears throat> for for Leicester City, it's Kaliki Nacho. I think he's a class striker. 
Um, I take. take. For the Chicago Bulls. Oh, he's not with the team anymore. Shoot. Well, for the Chicago Bulls, I'll just – because I don't know about next year. I don't know. Actually, no, the Chicago Bulls, it's Kobe White. Um, point guard that we drafted out of North Carolina next last year. He's going to be uh, in his sophomore year in the NBA this year. Super fun, exciting player. That's my guy. How about you? Um, I guess for – since we're trying to get people interested in, uh, in soccer, um, and for Aston Villa, it's – I, like, I want to say John McGinn, because but he plays a lot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Marlos Nakamba. He is uh, the Zim, Zimbabwean uh, uh, defensive mid player. Uh, yeah, he doesn't really play a lot anymore. He used to be a little bit more involved in the team, and he's not really he's not a great passer. Well, he's a, he's a decent passer, but he's not a great. He's not gonna score goals, and he's more of like a enforcer type guy. So he he's fun to watch, and his name is marvelous. So he just you, you can't hate him. He's always got a smile on his face when they show him on the uh, the social media. So you, you kind of got to love him. Um, most of the players that I like that played the bench or for the Cowboys are kind of gone. I don't really like any of the players anymore. Um, but with the, with the Wisconsin Badgers basketball, you probably don't remember. His name was Duhay Dukin. No, I don't remember him. He was like, this is going back to the Sam Decker, Frank Kaminsky era, the Final Four trips. He's a senior the last time, and he was from Croatia. He did, he didn't score a lot. He didn't really do a whole lot, but me and my friends loved him. He was just fun to watch, and he had a cool name. He put out like during that run, I changed my name on Twitter, like Duhey Dukin, like made his made him my name, and I was tweeting some crap, <laughs> and someone replied to me like about how Diamond Stone. I was trashing Diamond Stone playing with Maryland. Oh, he's, like, he's like Diamond Stone's gonna be an NBA star, and you're just some scrub on the 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 Badgers bench. And I do hey you can have this one sick like putback dunk. So I tweeted him. I was like, yeah, but check out my dunk though. And it kind of it went it went okay. <laughs> I was raging though, so I have a lot yeah. of spot in my heart for Duhay Dukin. You know what, Dill? Honestly, bench player that I loved watching succeed the most in the games. Special place in my time central college men's soccer was you. Ah, uh, Joe, that's that's nice. Now, when you went in, I think it electrified everyone. Hey, and senior and your senior year, you got in in a couple games. I remember you went in the Westminster game when it was tied in the first half, and Dill, and then that that PK against BUV, probably one of my favorite goals of the year because you smashed it top bin. Yeah, I did, I did not pull on the uh, Adelmo Adelmo Lookman. I did not I did not chip that baby full power. Yeah. Dylan Moss, everyone. If you want someone to take a PK for you, a penalty kick for those of you non-soccer fans out there, my co-host Dylan Moss might be the best PK taker in all of Division Three soccer. I'm not gonna lie, Joe. Okay, Joe, that's not like not to toot my own horn, but I almost made the travel roster for the the championship game specifically so if we got to a point where we were gonna take PKs, I could possibly take one. Yeah, <laughs> I spit like that. I would have loved to see it. Yeah, I spent that whole week at practice, and the only time they actually, like, really paid attention to me was when we were practicing PKs. <laughs> That's, that is funny. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's about time we wrap this bad boy up. We've been talking for a while. Yeah. We were, uh, listeners, I wouldn't say it was our best episode, not our worst episode. Solid episode. So, if you want feed, give us some feedback, please. We haven't had any feedback yet. 
Yeah, I want one comment. Like, just someone give me a comment, and I guess I should say this. Uh, Kyle Dell did message me on Snapchat one time, giving us some giving us some compliments. Uh, told us we had to stop the Iowa Hawkeye slander, but like, I just told I told him Iowa's got to play better before we do that. Oh, just you wait, Iowa football. You know, I'm off their backs for one week, but uh, just you wait. I say so again. Just get us some interaction. Tweet yeah. us if I get like one some person, just one person tweets us, or one person makes a comment on like the Spotify or something. Like that would just be that would make my day, make my week. All right, That's yeah, awesome. exactly. And uh, yeah, you know, so Michael, Minty, Kyle, Cade, Kyle and Cade's friend who's a Bears fan. Those are probably the only people who consistently listen to our episodes. Uh, ben Turnley, I think, does. Oh, big, big Ben Turnley. All right, give it, give us some feedback, boys. Come on. But uh, twenty-three of you replied to the, the 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 poll. All right, like that's some good interaction. But I want faces. I want names. I want someone. to – If you reply to the poll, there is a good chance you will be selected as our first guest. Yeah, that's a good point. We should or not any tweet. Reply to any tweet, not the poll, because the poll's over. But. If we reply to any tweet that we make, we'll we'll get you on here. It'll be your chance to make some hot takes revolving sports. Uh, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't even have to be that insightful. It's just got to be a take, and we'll take yeah. it. Yeah, got gotta gotta generate something. Um, Dylan usually asks me what's coming up. Uh, I think so. This is episode six, I believe. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um. I'm thinking hopefully episode 10, the Dutch duo guys, Kate and Kyle, will want to do a collab. We'll see. They kind of already bailed on me once, kind of hurt my feelings, kind of exacerbated my trust issues I often have in life. Um, <laughs> so hopefully Kyle and Kate will want to collab for a special 10th episode for the Bench Talk podcast. But listeners, be looking out for that in the future. Um, give us a rating on Apple or Spotify. Obviously, as we mentioned, leave a comment. Um, Tell your friends, your grandparents, your any relatives, any acquaintances you see on the street. We'd love to have any and all listen. Dill, anything else? Uh, nope. Just uh, again, get some interaction. Be a little bit more enjoyable. Again, people are probably getting sick of you and us. Just listen to talk about. So we need some guests. If you if you're wanting to get on the podcast, share your thoughts. Yeah. Message me or Joey on any or all social media. Um, Cast Joey, where can they find us out on on uh, Twitter? It's the at the bench top at the at at the bench top po one, just pl one. All right, I'm so, sure have, for those of you who uh, know my sweet man Brent Mueller, he'll he'll probably be a guest at some point. Oh, uh, we did. I don't know, probably I don't know. Minty, Minty would be a good guest, but we'll we'll get that figured out off off camera. So, yeah. We've been rambling for enough. Go Dutch, baby. Woo.